grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. So, Alexander Tominsky is 31 years old, and he works as a server at the Barclay Prime Steakhouse in Philadelphia. Most people have never heard of him until this fall. He earned himself the nickname the Philadelphia Chicken Man. Maybe some of you have heard about it. No? That's because for 40 straight days, from September 28th to November 6th, he ate an entire rotisserie chicken every day. Yes, that's right. An entire chicken every day for 40 straight days. He chronicled his journey on Twitter and quickly gained a following. As he geared up for his 40th meal, he made a little invitation that was shared online. He told people to come to a bizarre location, an abandoned pier near a local Walmart, and watch him eat his last chicken. And they came. A big crowd of them came. Just before noon, they started a countdown to his first bite. And then the crowd went wild when he started eating. At one point, they were shouting, Chicken man! Chicken man! Somebody in the crowd even shouted, Take your time, dude! Over four and a half hours later, Tominsky tweeted a picture of himself holding up an empty chicken container with a cheering crowd all around him. Now, why in the world would he do this? He told multiple news outlets that, quote, I just felt like it seemed right. He said he wanted to bring some joy to others who were in pain by putting himself in pain. Because obviously that makes sense. After he finished his 40th chicken, he said that he was happy it was all over and was looking forward to a nice meal of sushi. Now, we've all got our favorite foods, but is there anything that you would eat for 40 days straight? Even if you can't think of one, I bet that there are still some other behaviors that you would do for 40 days straight. They could be things like taking a shower, getting dressed, brushing your teeth, simple things like that. And the world cheers us on for doing them. Because quite honestly, the world doesn't want to see you if you haven't taken a shower, gotten dressed, or brushed your teeth. Sometimes, though, the rest of the world cheers us on with other habitual things we do, too. Things that are not as healthy as basic hygiene. Like, the world cheers us on when we're selfish, and greedy, and arrogant. 
It cheers us on when we listen to scarcity, when we worship money, when we think we can buy happiness. It cheers us on when we focus on ourselves and our little clan instead of thinking of others. And if you try to live differently, if you try to go against the flow, if you try to change, if you try to eat something different, so to speak, then you get pushback. Because the world doesn't like change. Sometimes we don't like change. And because of that, because this is just the way the world works, then we continue in our sin day in and day out. Like eating a chicken every day for 40 days straight. Because after a while, the thing that started off as strange then gets the crowd cheering for you. But then, we get someone like John the Baptist, who calls us to repent. Now, if you thought Philadelphia's chicken man was a strange guy, then John the Baptist is even stranger. He's out in the wilderness by the Jordan River, calling people to change their ways and be baptized. He looks like he's cosplaying as Elijah, and he's eating this weird food. And you can bet that if there had been social media back then, people would have been posting all kinds of stuff about this guy. He could have easily become a meme that people would have made fun of. News outlets probably would have asked him why he was acting so strange. Because he was clearly getting people's attention. Notice something in this text here. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out, and all the region along the Jordan. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. The people weren't out there just because John seemed like a weirdo. They weren't out there to gawk at him like some circus freak. They weren't even there because he had invited them to come and see this stunt out by the water. No, they were there because they wanted to confess their sins and be baptized. They wanted to change their ways. Now, why in the world would they want to do that? In our world that is so resistant to change, in our world that supports us in our sin, in our world that says selfishness is the way to go, then why would anyone willingly pay attention to John? Because he was proclaiming a life that was better than the one they had. Yes, he uses some extreme imagery, like axes getting ready to chop down trees. But sometimes big change requires big imagery. The people came to be baptized by John because they wanted a new kind of life. They didn't want to be focused on themselves anymore. They didn't want to follow scarcity or the ways of this world. 
They didn't want to be stuck in the past. And that's a big change. I mean, think about times in your life when you've willingly made a big change. Maybe you reconciled some relationship. Maybe you broke some unhealthy habit. Maybe you quit one job to pursue a new one, right? Whatever it was. You made the change because you realized you didn't want that old life anymore. You were done eating chicken over and over again, so to speak. It was time to move on to sushi. That's what's going on here. And John is the perfect person to call these people to a new life. Because he is basically a bridge between the prophets of old and the Messiah who is to come. He's the hinge between the way things used to be and the way things will be. Now, of course, there was another group of people who were keeping an eye on John that day, too. The Pharisees and the Sadducees. These were the Bible scholars and temple leaders. They were the ones the people should have been listening to. So they were upset that the people were listening to John instead of them. But, perhaps more importantly... They were upset because they felt like they didn't need to repent. Today, we might say that these are the people who think, oh, I'm a good person. I try to do the right things. I follow the rules. And yeah, they'll admit that they aren't perfect and they make mistakes like everybody else. But overall, they are, quote, good people. They also tend to be people who are so stuck in the past, like saying we have Abraham as our ancestor, that they refuse to see the new thing that God is doing now. They get hung up on the way things used to be, on the good old days, on nostalgia, and they refuse to pay attention to where God is leading them now. Their motto is, this is the way we've always done it. Some people are like that. Some congregations are like that. And because of this, John lays into them. He calls them a brood of vipers. Or today we might say, you SOBs. He calls them out for being so stuck in the past and for not repenting of their sin. Because they need new life just as much as everybody else does. So on the one hand, there are people who want to repent and change. Because they know they cannot do it all on their own. They know God is calling them to something wonderful that can't even compare to their past. And then there are people who think they have nothing to repent of. Thank you very much. But let's remember here. 
Repentance does not mean saying, I'm sorry, God. I'll do better next time. I'll change myself. No. Repentance means, I'm sorry, God. I know I'll do the same thing next time. I need you to change me. This is why we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. This is why John is proclaiming this message. This is why he's announcing the one who sets us free. Because God changes us. Like the voice that the prophet Isaiah talked about, John is calling people to prepare the way of the Lord, to make his paths straight. And yes, we don't have to completely clean up our lives before we follow Jesus. Because he does that to us from the inside out. But we are still called to turn away from ourselves. And follow this one who makes all things new. The life that he gives us is so much better than our old life. Because he gives us abundance. And joy. And grace. He gives us others in our lives to support and encourage. He gives us chances every day to share his life-changing love with others. So this means that John's message was actually good news. He was telling people that they can have a fresh start. They don't have to eat chicken for 40 days straight. They don't have to repeat the same sinful behaviors over and over again, even if the world supports them in it. Or, to say it a different way, tomorrow does not have to be a repeat of yesterday. In fact, today doesn't have to be a repeat of yesterday. Now, that can be bad news if you're stuck in the past, but it's wonderful news if you know that you need a fresh start. It's wonderful news if you're excited about the new thing that God is doing. It's wonderful news if you see that Christ is in charge. So yes, there is one thing we are called to do every single day over and over again, in addition to basic hygiene, and it's following Jesus. We don't have to listen to the voice of this world. We don't have to follow those who encourage us in our sin. We don't have to live by those old ways. Instead, we follow and proclaim Jesus. This one who says that we are forgiven, we are loved, and we are set free to serve others day after day. 
And whether you're on an abandoned pier in Philadelphia, the wilderness by the Jordan River, or at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Dayton, Ohio, that is good news worth sharing with the world. So in the name of this one, we follow and proclaim Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.